Michael McMullen. This is the World Snooker Tour podcast. Welcome along once again. And I always love having Welsh players here because I just think the accents sound so good behind the microphone. And here is one of the rising stars from that part of the world. It's Dylan Emery. Dylan, welcome along. Thank you. I like talking to players about their first memory of watching snooker. And there was a time when it would always be something like Steve Davis winning the World Championship or Stephen Hendry. But of course, you weren't born in those days. So what's your first memory of watching the game? Well, um, I grew up in a in like a pool or snooker hall. My parents played, so you know it was always on the TV in the house. I can just remember watching it from a, a young young age. Um, and there's not there's not one that stands out apart from obviously when I first started playing. I went down to the Mortarpoint Arena to watch her in Cardiff. Um, and from there, I just you know, it just my dream was to get out there and play where those players were playing. And there must be particular players you looked up to at that time, guys you wanted to model yourself on. Yeah, of course. At the time. You know, Selby for his all-round game, and then Trump obviously left-handed. And mm-hmm. but then I think the one I look up to the most is Hendry. Obviously, before my day, but the winning mentality I think is brilliant. You need it, so that's who I look up to. So, what age were you then, Dylan, when you started to realise you actually had something at this game? Um, it's a bit of a funny story because obviously my my parents played um, and grew up in the pool halls. I started playing pool at I think it was it must have been six or seven years of age. Um, it's not that long ago <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I qualified for the, the Welsh squad and then as a kid I, I was I was sick of being inside when my friends were up playing that sort of stuff um, so then just didn't play got back into pool at 11 um, and then fell in love with snooker after I, I had my first game of it so I just got into it that way started entering competitions and and then just went from there carried on and was it just a case of gradually improving or was there a moment where you thought I could actually make a career out of this it was the what what made me want to play you know every day was I started funnily enough my mother had a match in pool and the place where she was playing there was a snooker table I had a game and loved it and then I started playing and obviously because the pool table so small compared you know every day I was playing I could see gradual improvements and that's what gave me the thrill was seeing improvements and I can remember making my first century on a lineup, and I was just thinking, "Wow, like, you know, this is, you know, when you're playing well and doing this, it feels great." So that's, you know, I just got a thrill off seeing improvements and playing well. Um, and even when you do it in the lineup, it's really hard to do. So, what sort of age were you when that happened? Um, Thirteen, I think. Thirteen, because obviously, you know, I didn't need the coaching on the the basics, you know, technique wise at a young age because my parents played, so they. You know, they just give me a kill and they just cracked on sort of thing um, and screw up around it and then, yeah, it just went from there. It's such a strong scene, the Welsh amateur scene. At any point in time, there always seems to be a production line of really good young players. But you acquitted yourself very well and won some very big Welsh amateur events, didn't you? Yeah, well, the standard has been brilliant over the years. You've got like Sadara Morgan, um, obviously Lee Walker's back in it now, you know, and all the other ones that have been around for years, they're all brilliant players. So, you know, it was good experience when it was starting, you know, when I was starting to enter the tournaments to try and get my card because I was playing against those for years. And, you know, in other countries, you know, obviously it doesn't have as many good players in the amateur game. So, yeah, it was good experience from a young age. 
And that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because we often see guys who are fantastic potters and break builders in the amateur game, but can't then cut it as pros because they're not used to playing the all-round game. But playing against guys like the ones you mentioned there, Darren and Lee, they're really going to sharpen you up and show you what it's all about in terms of the all-round tactical game. Yeah, well, there's there's no one more experienced than those sort of guys that have been around for years. And obviously, I played at the same club as Lee at Darren's club going back when I was younger and you know, just being around those sort of players and obviously practicing with the players that I am now, and it, it really does get you match ready. So, yeah. And you did win the Welsh Amateur Championship, and you looked down the list of players who've won that. It's a fantastic list to have your name on, but it was dragged out, wasn't it, for ages because of COVID. The championship took a really long time to come around. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember how long exactly, but I can just remember um, playing, I think it was on one day, I played the last 16 and then quarterfinals, and then I just didn't hear anything about it for ages, but this is because of the shutdown, basically. Nothing yeah. was going on. Yeah, they didn't want to arrange it. I think one of the players, the, oh, sorry, the player that I played in the semi-finals was from North Wales, so for him to come down and get hotels, you know, with the circumstances that was there, it was a bit tough to arrange. So I think it must have been, I think it worked out that it was actually the season, I think it was the 2021 season, um, that's when I won it, and it was for the 2020 season. It was around Christmas 21, I think, by the time it was played, was it? It was, yeah. yeah. It was de- December. I can't remember what date exactly. Maybe second weekend of December the final was. Um, obviously, but I'd just come back from Portugal then. Where I got a tour card, so you know, I was playing all the time. So it, it didn't really matter how long it took for them to play, because it, it, I didn't stop playing. You got yeah. it, you know. You mentioned Portugal there, and that was a big landmark for you as well, Dylan, because it's one thing doing it in your own country, which is hard enough to do, yeah. but to then go and play against promising young players from other countries and prove yourself there, that's a whole other step. But you ended up winning the European Under-21 Championship. How hard was that to win? Well, yeah, obviously it's hard. You know, it's a talk out on it for a reason. You know, the game over in Europe has been springing on leaps and bounds over the last few years, and I I think the first time I played in it, I was 15 maybe. And once or twice since I lost in like quarterfinals, semifinals. And I think it was round five in Q school. So I was, I'd knocked on the door a couple of times and then out there something just seemed to click. But it was, that was a weird story as well. I was practicing the week before and I just, I was struggling really bad. I had a problem with my tip on my cue and I was just really struggling, even in practice, practicing solo. And then I went out there and it just seemed to click. You know, it's just, Obviously, I came close a couple of times and then that happened and it's just weird how we're all plans out what's meant to be is meant to be. We talked about the role of honour for the Welsh Amateur Championship. That European under-21 as well. Mark Allen, Michael White, Luca Brussel, loads of other guys as well. Really good players have won that. So coming through a tournament like that seems to be a really good foundation for a pro career. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it shows, like you said, with the names that you've just named there, you know, a lot of the players that have won are doing well on tour and have done well on tour, so... I keep on doing what I'm doing. Who's to say that I can't do the same? Now, as you mentioned there, you got the tour card for winning that European Under-21 Championship. Didn't have to go back to Q school again, and that must have been great in itself because that can just be horrible, can't it? Yeah, it's a grueler. You know, like I said, I'd lost in round five the ones, and that was in the last event. But, you know, you can, you can start off well in round, uh, sorry, event one and get far and you lose and you've came close and then it, you, you go again and before you know you've spent however much and you're, you know, you're away from home a couple of weeks up and down the motorway it's not, it's not easy at all it's, men- it's mentally torturing sometimes so it, it was just nice to not have to play in that really and just be practising for these tournaments instead 
And we'll talk about what's been going on so far in your rookie season in a moment. But back in March, a lovely bonus. He got an invite into the Turkish Masters. Really good win over Alfie Burden to qualify. Very experienced player. And then you're up against John Higgins, and you really gave a good account of yourself playing one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I mean, every player can look up to John for some aspect that he's got. He's an unbelievable player all around. You know, he's got to be in the top three greats, top four greats, you know, minimum. So to play him was brilliant obviously whoever I play I want to win I didn't play as good as I know I can you know I was adjusting to a couple of um, things which I haven't had to before obviously I've played on the, the TV table in you know the shootout but that was my first proper match on the TV and you know just adjusting to a couple of things so I, I didn't give you know my full performance that I know that I can but yeah the experience is unbelievable it's a huge thing to happen, isn't it? Because we see players who never adjust to the TV table. So to go out there in your first full-scale match yeah. in that kind of environment and settle in. and I know you said you could have played a bit better, but you did well enough to take a couple of frames and compete with them. So that must be very reassuring to know that you are capable of doing it out there. Yeah, definitely. Like There was a couple of times I had my chances um, and I knew that if I was playing well, it, it might have been a lot closer, obviously, you know, if one frame had gone different. The rest might have, but if I was playing a little bit better, it could have. But like I said, John's a brilliant player. You know, he, he's deserved everything that he's got from the game. And did you hear the things he said about you afterwards? He had some very kind words for you. Yeah, no, he's, he's a great guy. I've mm. spoke to him a couple of times, you know, in the practice room and off the table. And he's, he's always struck me as a nice guy, you know. So, yeah, full of praise for him. So how's it been for you so far then, Dylan? Not even in terms of the matches, but just the whole experience of preparing to play in professional events and the really top-class conditions that we're used to having. How have you found all that? Um, well, you know, it's been good at times hard also because I got my card back last October and I had to wait until July, obviously, minus a couple of invitations. Um, so I was just, I've been waiting patiently, just practice, practice, practice. I've, I've hardly had much time off. You know, after the world qualifiers, I only had two days off and I was back out there every day. So, you know, I've just been itching to get out there and play. Even from the last qualifier until now, it's, it felt like so long because I just loved being out there. So just just a non-stop cycle of practising. And getting through to play in Germany at the European Masters yeah. and big overseas event, that must have been a thrill. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, the, you know, I, was, I, was, I wasn't even on the, the main table. I was on table two against Bingtow and the crowd that showed up was brilliant. The fans are brilliant out there and the setup was superb. So I couldn't fault it. I couldn't fault it. Obviously a shame not to get the result that I wanted, but I took it close and with a couple of things which could have gone my way, I could have maybe, you know, pipped through the next round. Well, you were 3-1 down in that match. You yeah. got back to 3-all. It went to a decider. But that last frame was a real lesson in what the standard is like, isn't it? Because he got one chance and that was it. Yeah, well, that's what the top boys do nowadays. As soon as they smell a little bit, little bit of blood, you know, I think he got he split the reds off the blue. And as soon as he landed on one, I knew it was over because they're so, so clinical from those sort of chances. And that's why, you know, they are where they are. You know, they're ranking shows for a reason, don't they? You know, they're brilliant. Let's come to the quick fire round. This is just a bit of fun about yeah. you and the sort of person you are. Favourite movie? Um, Harry Potter. Ideal day off. What would you do? Um, just go and see the boys, go for a drive, clean the cars, you know, just a boys' day out. Best thing about being a professional snooker player? I just love playing out in front of big crowds. It gives me, it gives me a good buzz. Most interesting place you've been to? China. Why so? Um... I just thought that it was completely different, just the way that everything is and how busy it is. I think I thought it was brilliant. And I'm going to give you a blank look here because whatever you say, I probably won't recognise it. Yeah. Favourite song? That's a good question. 
Yellow by Coldplay. Okay, I know that one. Well, that's from before you were even born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned cars there. Let's talk about that. Is that a big interest for you? Yeah, it's just it's something for me and the boys to do. The boys are into their cars and, you know, boys with their toys sort of thing. So yeah. we all go out and we go for a little drive, nothing major. But, yeah, a couple of the boys have nice cars and we just go out and about them on the days off. Just uh, the boys, that's their day off. It's my day off. It's just a get away from everything. It's, you know, take it, take my mind off snooker and they get their mind off work and we just go out and enjoy ourselves. And what age were you when you passed the test? 17. Oh, wow. 17. Straight off the bat. Yeah. yeah. First yeah. time? Yeah, first time. I was I, lucky. I had... 10 lessons and done my test um, and passed and I've been driving since. That's the thing to do. Do it when you're young and your mind is yeah. clear. Yeah. Let's talk about your aims then, Dylan, for this season. Or is it even so much about this season? Is it more about just making sure that over these two years that you get enough points to stay on? Obviously, you know, that's in every player's, you know, that's in everyone's back of the head, you know, when they first go on taught to stay on. But, you know, the main objective I've got is just to keep on winning just win as much as I can whether that's you know win tournaments I, I just win that's all I that's all I try to focus on and what sort of level do you feel you could get to this season do you think you're good enough to get to a quarter a semi even as early as this or is it more a case of building towards that over a number yeah, of years yeah. I, th- I think it's in the tank you know back home at practice and playing well enough um you know so there's no reason why I can't take her out there um and just obviously if something clicks there's no reason for it not to I don't think. I think. I think it's there, myself. It's great that you have that much belief. Is there anyone who works with you about the mental side of the game at all, or do you find that you have enough belief and confidence anyway? No, I, I used to do a little bit of work with Terry Griffiths mentally and speak to him after my matches and beforehand, and he's brilliant. Um, but I don't anymore. It's just a case of just living on the table at the minute, six days a week, and obviously the week before tournaments, seven days a week, and just non-stop playing. Obviously, I practice to just find good form. So obviously, if you're on, if you're in good form more than you're out of good form, it's going to be confidence there. And what kind of a practicer are you, Dylan? Do you practice on your own, or are there other guys you work with? Yeah, mi- a mixture. I try to do half and half. Is it is a few boys back home which are on tour which I practice with. You know, I tr- try to do three days with them, three days on my own, or four days with them, two on my own, vice versa. Mm. Um, and I think it works out brilliant. And which sort of players would you be practicing with? Uh, Jack Jones, Andrew Padgett, Michael White. Um, that's it at the minute. And that's the great thing, isn't it? Because you've got so many good players in your area. Some players have this difficulty that there are no other pros anywhere near them. But you've got so many practice partners there living quite nearby. Yeah, well, all, every, every player which is on tour is probably within the radius of an hour and a half of each other sort of thing. You know, So they're all fairly local. And obviously there's a lot of them. And they're, they're, you know, it's brilliant players from down my way. So, you know, I can always arrange games with other people and everything if, you know, if I can get in with them and I know that I'm going to be getting good sessions. Brilliant heritage for snooker in Wales. When you talk about sports that the Welsh have done well in on the world stage, it's right up there with rugby, really, isn't it? Because you mentioned Terry, Ray Reardon, six times world champion, yeah. Doug Mountjoy won the UK, won the Masters, Mark Williams more recently. So are you very aware of all that heritage now that you have become part of? Yeah, I'm aware of it. Um, try not to look into too much about it. I just, obviously, I try to treat it as, you know, I, well, I try not to treat it as a big occasion, even though it is, you know, just to try and do what I can. And the announcement recently 
that every player on the tour is going to be guaranteed £20,000 yeah. for the season. That must make an enormous difference, just psychologically, knowing that yeah. you don't have those financial worries. Yeah, well, don't get me wrong, you try you try not to worry about the money when you're mm. playing, but every now and again it's a little bit hard not to if you're struggling um, or if you need you know, money and you've got stuff to pay for, which I know that there is players out there which have had that, those problems. So, you know, subconsciously it takes a lot of pressure off you because you can just play and you know that you're guaranteed. Obviously, like I said, you try your best not to think about money. Brings circumstances sometimes, you you know, it plays on your mind. And what have your parents made of it all? Because, as you've said, you come from a Q Sports background. They must find it incredible now to see their son out there playing in these big events. Yeah, they love it. Obviously, I, I play tomorrow, but... I'm, you know, no, I might be on my own at the minute, and because my mum's working today, but she's driving up tomorrow morning to watch. She just loves watching it. Whenever I used to go away to tournaments, you know, abroad, um, if I wasn't playing, she'd be in the snooker room watching other matches. She just loves being around snooker. So it's you know, it's good to have people like her around and give me the support that's needed. Did they spot just how good you were, perhaps even before you did? I think so. Yeah, because they've they've always backed me, and obviously when I was at a younger age playing in, you know, Europe and wherever to. In the, in the European Championships, they'd always fund me. So they always saw it because um, I, I don't think they would have spent all those thousands to take me away mm. if they didn't. So, yeah, no, they, they've been brilliant. And what else do you do outside of the game, Dylan? You talk there about how you're interested in cars. Do you play any other sports or anything? Um, no, I, I used to do a little bit. I go up the driving range. I don't, I don't play course golf because my aim is all over the place. Um, but, but every snooker player is good at golf. I've never met one who isn't. You know? I, I just don't understand the technique side of it. I just mm. go with the flow and me, me and my mates go up to the driving range and we, do, we have a good laugh. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really get up to a whole lot. I just practice and as soon as I'm finished, you know, I might go home and relax, watch a film or jump, jump on the Xbox with my mates or go up with my mates. That's about it. What are the big games on the Xbox these days? I'm really out of touch with this. Um, just Call of Duty, really. Oh, that's Call still big, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's quite big, yeah. yeah. So we just go on there and have a laugh. You know, it just, again, it just takes your mind off, you know, what's going on. And obviously when you're playing as much as me and obviously a lot of the other players are, um, the last thing I want to be doing is going home and watching snooker because mm-hmm. I've been playing all day. You know, I just, I try to do stuff which is just going to get my mind off it for while I'm not playing. Yeah, you got to switch off. And there's been a lot of talk over the last year or so, I think it was really started by Judd, about the image that snooker has among young people. Now, you're very young, still only 21 years of age. So what do your mates think of the game, the people you know who grew up with, maybe from outside of snooker? What do they think of it? They think it's brilliant. Obviously, they don't... Well, before, obviously, I explained to them they didn't really understand the rules and whatever, and there's been a couple of times they've came to the places where I've played and had a game together... You know, as a as a group, and yeah, they think it's brilliant. They 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 enjoy it, you know, a lot. They go for games themselves, and have a little sort of like a side hobby now and again. Not not often, you know, but yeah, they do they do play a little bit. And how far can you go, Dylan? Ultimately, is it big aims to be tournament winner, top sixteen player? Is that definitely what you feel you're going to need to do to fulfil your potential? Yeah, yeah, I won I won't settle for anything less. You know, obviously, I've, I've dedicated my life to the game. When I was growing up through school, as soon as I'd finished school, I'd be going to the club um, until seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. So I didn't have time to go out. And, you know, on weekends, I was always away playing tournaments. You know, I didn't have time to really enjoy myself outside of it um, because I was just fitting snooker around everything. So I wouldn't settle for anything less apart from climbing right up there and winning. That's all I want to do. And having made all those sacrifices at a younger age, I guess you want that all to be worthwhile now. You want it all to exactly. mean something. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, from 
you know, I've been dedicated since day one, since obviously, like I said, I started seeing improvements. I entered the Welsh ranking tournaments in the, you know, the lower age categories and qualified. And from there, I've just been nonstop playing and I'm not complaining. I love it. I absolutely love practicing. I love playing tournaments. So, you know, all I want to, you know, the, the biggest reward for me is seeing that practice pay off. And what do you feel is the biggest thing you need to improve on? Because every player at every level knows there's a department of the game or some aspect of their thinking that they'd like to improve. If you could pick one thing you'd like to really make progress on this season, what would it be? It'd just be sort of consistency. Because I, I find, you know, you can go and make a century and then you miss the first ball next frame. Just, you know, just keeping it, you know, consistent. That's, that's what I want to work on and just, you know, cut out the, um, the unforced errors, really. And finally, I've got to ask you as a Welshman about this. Yeah. I've not been in Wales since we were there for the Welsh Open earlier yeah. in the year. What's the excitement like ahead of the World Cup? It must be unbelievable after all this time. Yeah, you've done you near the end of it. You've done near the end of it. But obviously, when it's on, I, I dread to think what the streets like are going to be like in Cardiff and that. But yeah, it's brilliant, don't it? It's brilliant. Is it something you would have followed over the years, the Welsh team? Or are you into football at all? Used to be massively into football, yeah. yeah. Used to be into a big time. Used to play uh, from a young age because my, my father... Uh, played football so obviously I'd be going down the pitch and playing as well and yeah I've, I've, I've always liked football I don't follow it as much nowadays um, but yeah it's a brilliant game I think everyone down my way likes it well we'll see what happens later in the year it's been great talking to you Dylan and wonderful actually to see you so early in your career talking with such confidence and we look forward to seeing how it all unfolds for you in the years ahead thanks very much for joining us on the World Snooker Tour podcast thank you so much thanks next time on the World Snooker Tour podcast Jimmy Robertson now enjoying the best years of his career after taking longer than might have been expected to find his way. I was always practicing hard, doing most of the right things. And what you see, I know so many people talk about their practice game and this and that, but until you do it where it actually matters, it doesn't really mean a lot. It's nice to know what you're capable of doing, which is why it's always sort of given me the belief what I needed going forward. But um yeah, it's uh, it's been a frustrating early start of the career, but like I say, it's, it's sort of going in the right direction now, so hopefully I've got a few more years. So that's coming up next time on the World Snooker Tour podcast. And don't forget our bonus content, The 147, rounding up the week's snooker headlines in 147 seconds, out every Tuesday and available to download at wst.tv. Until next time, thanks so much for listening and goodbye.